0: Coming to you from Byron, Mississippi, it's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. But today I want to share with you some thoughts right along the lines of these 21 ways. Something we've entitled in is always better than out. And uh, we'll, we'll unpackage more of that and, and what that means in our relationship with the Lord versus when we don't have a relationship with the Lord. The last page of Scripture, Revelation chapter 22, if you're able, will you stand with us? We find several words of Jesus and um, something we want to key in on in this premise today. Verse number 12 of Revelation 22, we find this, Look, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. Listen to this. Both the spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life freely. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord. We simply ask for my words to be yours and my thoughts to be yours. And most of all, every one of us would walk in obedience, that we can't be satisfied with just being in. I pray for that one today that doubts that they're even in the, the ark of safety. I pray, God, today that they, that with assurance that they'll settle it. And then all of us, God, that you will stir us to realize there are those that are still out. And we are being in or supposed to affect those. We thank you and praise you for what you'll do. We'll give you praise now and forevermore. For we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I scared Daniel to death a few days ago, literally. After we talked about the sermon title that you see there, I said, I've got a subtitle for my sermon. He said, oh, no, the the sermon title is long enough as it is. But here's the subtitle. In is always better than out. But listen to this. But out is where the next in is. So what in the world is he talking about? Well, if you know Jesus Christ today, I want to just celebrate with you that you're in. I like to say things like I'm assured for heaven as if I was already there. Not because of what I'm doing or what I've done, but because of the offer I've I've taken God at his offer. But I'm in. But in doesn't give me the right as, as my pastor said years ago, and I heard it many, many times, what happens a lot of times in the believer's life is we get over being saved. We get over remembering what God saved us from. We get over realizing where would we be today if we weren't saved. And so a lot of times what happens is the in crowd, it's where we get sayings like us for and no more. The in crowd, we get so used to being in that we forget about those who are still out. In is always better than out. But out is where the next end is. You didn't understand that. It's recorded. You can go back and listen to it slowly, okay? Listen, when I think about that, I want, to, I want to show you this verse, the last verse that we read, and you follow along. Notice this. Both the Spirit and the Bride say come, and then it goes on and talks about other things. This hit me in study this past week, and you see the S in Spirit is capital S. You know that's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's unique. It says, and the Spirit and the Bride. And the bride is little b. And in, in, in studying scripture, that means that's humanity. That's fallen versus this is Trinity. That's spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Capital S, like capital S for son or capital um, F for father. When you see that, it reminds me, it, it, and this hit me this past week. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. You and I would think, thinking about this, that that should say the groom. That should say, Jesus Christ says, come. Or him speaking, he's speaking there, he said, I say, come. But it's unique to me, and I think it works for today, we are the in crowd. If you know Jesus Christ today, you're part of the bride of Christ. That's the great news today. But we can't because we're the bride of Christ. Forget about those who are not part of the bride of Christ yet. 21 ways has a lot to do with this. It's not just an ingrown thing, not just I get more like God and I become more like God and I grow in my own life. We grow so that we affect other people. Several of the 21 ways deal with this. 1.3, we, I call it, is, is paying it forward. We'll take that up in a couple of Wednesday nights from now. We talk about that a lot. We got bracelets that remind us of it. 1.4 is fasting. Why in the world will we fast? Why would I give up something? Why would I sacrifice food or other things so that the heart of God, so that God will get serious with me? Often that's about people's spirituality. What about witnessing? Who am I witnessing to? I'm witnessing not to people who are in. I'm witnessing to people who are out. Now I might help some others. I might help someone, strengthen someone else in their walk. But witness, a great part of that is about those who do not know the Lord. Inviting people to church, 2.2. On the back page, if you have one physically or if you look at it on the second page, we invite other people to be exposed to what we've been exposed to. How can we keep this? And then the last one is intercession. Listen, if you know of somebody, think about people who do not know the Lord, they don't know how to pray. The Scripture goes too far to say, is the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. How about that? Foolishness. But to us, it's the power of God. And in other words, when we see this, there's a difference that goes on. A little lighter moment. Listen to this. Inside is better than outside. Amen? Especially in the wintertime. No doubt about it. Involved is better than being an outcast. Nothing like being put out to the side and you know, being an outcast. Insight is better than being outwitted. It means something when you figured it out and all of a sudden, you, you know, ignorant shows up. But the last one is this. In-house is better than an outhouse. Just checking, making sure you're still there. And then when you, one you often hear from people that say things. Come on in is much better than when somebody tells you to get out. It's amazing. 180 degrees difference. The sadness is we're often, we get satisfied and complacent with being in that we forget about those and we're not moved as much as we were, or maybe we've never been moved about those who are still out. All of us know Billy Graham just passed recently. But Billy Graham, he said this He said, It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job job to judge, but my job is to love. I have a question for you. And just in that thought, who are we supposed to love? See, what happens in the church is we get real good at loving each other, but there's also an element to this thing that we're supposed to love those who are still out. Amen? And it goes so far to say this. Jesus took it up on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, what good have you done if you love those people who love you? In other words, we're just reciprocating love to the in crowd. You know, that's okay. We need that because we need building up and we need strength of one another and two put is exponentially ten times more powerful than one. But the outside folks, the people that don't know Christ need that love as well. God is always differentiated between it, between in and out. Listen to this great story and I got a picture to go with it. It'll remind you we had to make some differences because of COVID. But uh, many of you know the story of, uh, of Noah and the ark and all of that. I remember like it was yesterday. It was, uh, it was November, December, something like that. I, I, I told Bo, I said, I need to talk to you. I'm I thinking about doing a series this coming January and I said, I need your help. He said anything. And when I told him what I needed him to do, he wished he hadn't said anything. You know, it was one of those times I still see the look on his face where I said, Bo, listen, I'm going to be preaching a series of sermons about animals and about, you know, just making parallels our spirituality. And I said, I want to put the ark on the stage. I wish I had a picture of the look on his face. You know what's amazing about the ark? And when you look at it, Bo, we already talked about it earlier, but if it had been another foot, it wouldn't have fit. I mean, it was just right. And several men, you can see that's the best picture I had, the close-up. I had some when it's finished, but uh, I wanted you to see. You might remember that a couple years ago. If you knew the church, we actually pulled it off. But you remember that. If you remember that series, there was one sermon I got really carried away. And about 10 minutes of the sermon, I went from in and out, in and out. I would walk into the ark, and I said, this is what it means to know the Lord. But that's in. And then I walked out on the ledge, and I sat out on the stoop, and I said, this is Out. And went back in and said, this is in and this is out. But I going to remind you what it says in Genesis chapter 7. It says that when he finished and all the animals came in, it says there that God shut the door. I need to say this publicly, whether it's Facebook or in person and people that hear this in the time to come. We need to be reminded that there is only in and out. There's no almost. There's, no, there's not a category that, that the stoop is different than a person that's a million miles away from the door. God shuts the door. And the Word of God says today is the day of salvation. And we need to understand that. And I know that's cut and dry, but let me tell you something. We need to know that God is cut and dry because sin is cut and dry too. And Jesus paid a high price for us to be redeemed. God's always been about in and out. When Adam and Eve sinned, everything was fine in the garden before sin. But when they sin, listen to me, God put them out of the garden. I share this a lot, and it's my opinion. I can be totally wrong, I can be totally right. You know what I think heaven's going to be? Heaven's going to be the Garden of Eden before sin. Well, I think we're going to have things to do that depresses a lot of people. They think they're going to be at the beach. Their entire heaven experience is going to be at the beach. That's not going to be the case. You have no idea how it's, it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> but there's going to be no more sin. Listen to me, it's in or out. There's not an in-between. Religions have tried to do that, but there's no word to support it. Adam and Eve were put out of the garden. And one more, I will remember Jesus called himself the door of heaven. He said there's no way to get to the Father, but through him, it's in and out. So what does the word say even further? Walk through this. Romans 5, 8 says, but God proved his own love for us. And while we were yet sent, we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were out, listen, while we were out, Christ died for me. Watch this Revelation 3 20. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Until they open the door, until they sense God's knock and open the door, they are still out. Doesn't matter what kind of good person they are. God set it up a certain way. We got to adhere to the knock on the door and his voice, and we open the door. That door only has one doorknob, and it's the side that I open. Jesus <laughs> won't knock it down. He will just continually knock. And people need to understand that today. We still see out here. And then we transition into end, and I love this. Ephesians two nineteen says, So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. <laughs> I want to tell you today that if you're in, if you know Jesus as your Savior, then you went from being a foreigner and a stranger to somebody that now God says you're part of His family. You know what that means? That means if you got a garage door opener at, your house, at, at God's house, you know the combination to it. That means if you, in God's house, God's given you a key to His house. That means you can do like our children. They can just show up anytime they want to, come in the house, and they can just raid the refrigerator at anytime they want to. And then they complain because we didn't have enough groceries in the, in, in, the, in the refrigerator for them. You know why they didn't get away with that? Because they're my, son, my children. Predominantly, my son does it more than any others. The point I want to make here today is, why can they do that? It's because we're kin. And I want to tell you today, watching and here in person, that if you know Jesus Christ today, you're part of His family. Huh? <laughs> And when I take my last breath, not because of who I am or the calling on my life or the person I was or the husband I was or the parent I was, that's almost laughable, some of those titles from time to time. But let me tell you something. Jesus is going to say I'm his because I've taken him at his offer. And I became part of the family of God. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Do you see in there? Huh? If anyone is in Christ, Galatians 2:20 says, "I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives where? In me. The life which I now live in the body, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus lives in me. I am in Christ. And the last one says the same thing. First John chapter one verse seven says, "But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. There's something unique about the body of Christ. You know, we're in this thing together, folks. We sang this morning. I didn't even talk about it at the end. We went a different direction with the testimonies. But that blessed my heart. This, listen, one day, every knee's going to bow. <laughs> Some of these idiots that get on TV and think they're so smart and they open their mouth and they're about as ignorant as anybody ever heard. And even people that say they have religion and know the Word of God and to face what God's Word says, one day every knee's going to bow. Amen. One day, every tongue's going to confess. The atheist is going to confess. He's going to see the light. The sadness for the atheists, as many of them, it will be too late when they see the light. When they have that intellectual moment that they realize that truth was truth, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, it will be too late because they had a chance to make decisions now and here, and they didn't do it. I'm here to tell you today that we have fellowship with one another. There's something about the fellowship of the saints. There's something about when one hurts, we all hurt. And when one is honored, we all rejoice with them. But I also tell you that that verse blesses my heart because it not only talks about the fellowship that we have, but the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Listen, some of you are unbelievable sinners. I just know it by looking at you. I mean, back before Jesus, you did some habitual stuff. It's only God's grace. By God's grace, you could get saved. You want me to name names today? I'll name some names on Facebook that are watching. I guarantee you. Terrible sinners. But you know what I know? He didn't cleanse me from most sin. He didn't cleanse me from the, from the minor stuff. He cleanses me from all sin. Is that not a blessing today? Oh, listen. need to understand it. Being in but reaching out. Remember this. First, is an expression of the heart. I don't know if you've ever spent much time studying the law of reciprocity. But it basically says when somebody does something to you, you reciprocate it to someone else. Hmm? We basically need to understand that we can't just forget where we came from because something happened to us. And what I mean by that is when you and I are in the ark of safety, when you and I have been born again, we need to be reminded there was a time I wasn't. Somebody paid the price for me to see Christ and to hear Christ, maybe intercede for my soul for me to get to Christ, and I don't need to forget that responsibility after I come to know the Lord. As I said earlier, my pastor was known for saying many Christians get over being saved. We forget by for we get over what God saved us from. I don't have time to establish this. There might be people that disagree with me, but you can be wrong. I just want you to know that. Here's here's my point. That was sort of a joke. But here it is. I believe in eternity you're gonna remember sin. My own personal opinion. I, I think in eternity you're gonna remember what God redeemed you from. How are we going to worship Jesus forever as the Savior of my soul and the Redeemer of my soul and what He forgave me of and what He cleaned me up from? How am I going to worship Him if it's all abstract? I think we are going to be remembered. I think it's a higher understanding. We're going to know He's a name above all names. How is He that name? And at that name, every knee is going to bow. At that name, when they strike up the chorus, we worship that name above all names. How will we know to worship Him if we don't remember what He saved us from? Amen? We play all this Hollywood stuff with it. We Americanize it, my other saying. We need to, the expectation or expression of our heart is this. God has saved me. And yet there are people behind me that yet do not know the Lord. And God expects me to reciprocate that to them just as it was for me. I say that's the ultimate pay it forward. I really do. Is that as somebody who did it for me, Some pastor, I don't even remember his name. My mother could tell you when I was seven years old on a Sunday night preached the gospel and I received Christ as my Savior. I don't remember the song. I don't remember if he sang Just As I Am. I don't remember if he had three points or 33 points. But he preached the gospel and God used it to convert me. My mom and dad took me to church. My mom and dad prayed over me. So I know people were paying the price. People reciprocating. What was done for them was doing that for me. And on and on we could go. Sadly, to say the great commission today is turning to the great club. Mm. It's the in crowd. But I want to remind you today that we're in the in crowd and we're going to heaven. We're assured for heaven as if we were already there. But there's an out crowd that's not going. If you took out a sheet of paper today and you know in the Lord, how many people could you name today that you're affiliated with that do not know the Lord? Hmm? You're in, but they're out. There's no in between. There's no do-over. This is it. I don't have one verse of scripture that says there's going to be a do-over. Do you know that? Not one. But I do know this. Today is the day of salvation. And today, if you doubt being in, please don't leave this place. Don't go out of this place before you know you're in with God the way you need to be. Uh, Being in but reaching out. Got a lot more worked up on that point. In this service, y'all must have needed it more. Number two, not only is the expression of the heart, but it's expected by God for us. We're told to go. That Acts 1-8 cross on your right and my left... The neat thing about it, I could preach a whole series of sermons, i already done it. But the neat thing about Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth is the distance was different. If you go look at that on a biblical page, in the, you know, in the back of your Bible, many Bibles still have, they still have some uh, maps. If you go find the map of that part of the world, you'll find out. If you look at it real close and you'll find when it has those words on it, you'll find out Jerusalem was real close. Judea was a little further out, Samaria was a little further out, and then you had the end of the world. My point is this, God's called us to go. He hasn't called us to sit on our blessed assurance until he calls us home. He's called us to be involved in the work. It's a great commission. Huh? Not a great suggestion to go and make believers and disciples and change people's lives. God help us to do that. It's vital. But it's also natural. When Andrew met the Lord, they were already followers of John the Baptist, but when Andrew met the Lord, the first thing that he thought, i got to go get Peter. (laughs) You know what's neat about that? That was the only time that Andrew was number one. You know as soon as he introduced Peter to the Lord, in every list, in every occasion, Peter was above him. Come on, Peter and James and John, y'all come here, I want to tell y'all something. Don't you imagine Andrew sitting over there and said, well, Peter wouldn't even have been here if I wouldn't have gone and got him. Huh? See, what we need to understand is it's expected by God for us, for what we have and we're in, God expects us to influence those that are out. The Samaritan woman, when she met the Lord, realized who he was. She left her water pot and go, to go tell others. Immediately, she didn't have a conference. She didn't have a church. She didn't have a sermon. She didn't have a Bible. She, she didn't have a conference for somebody to tell her what. that's what you need to go do, a discipleship class that taught her how to evangelize. All she knew is something's happened to me, and I know some other folks that need to meet him too. The last one is a good one too, but Matthew. I don't know if you all know the story of Matthew, the disciple Matthew, but he was a tax collector. He was a rogue, man. <laughs> you know, He was hated in society. And he walks up to him. Jesus walks up to him and says, Matthew, follow me, and he left it and followed him. And there's a passage in two of the Gospels where Matthew says that he created a supper, he created a gathering so his buddies could meet Jesus. (laughs) Let me tell you how big a deal it was. This is what the in crowd did. This is what the church did. Did y'all see who Jesus was with with today? He was eating with sinners and tax collectors. That's what the in crowd did. See, way back in biblical times, they had the problem that we have today. There's something that happens that when we realize we're in, we forget about those. If we don't watch it, we forget about those who are out. Hmm. So oh, I'll preach, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you had a burden over somebody who's lost? See, we really think, some, I think we've changed it. I, I think we, we don't have a real good look at judgment day when it's going to be, watch this now, it's going to be in and out. Another one walks up, it's going to be in or out. Another one walks up, in or out. Not go over here for a little while and work it out. You know, get your test scores up and we'll let you in. Oh, no. In or out. Wow. Got to move on. But when I think about intentionally witnessing and inviting folks, even on Facebook because they can't come because of COVID, invite them to check us out on Facebook. I know God will honor it. The last, I think along these lines, is it involves expending and extending. It's got to be intentional, not accidental. There's energy and effort if you're going to win somebody to the Lord, especially this day and age. And listen to me. I believe this. I've been saying it often. I said it last week. I said it about the thumb and the fingers. But you need to hear it again. I believe God's called the child of God to stick out today. Not a sore thumb or a sour thumb, but just a thumb. (laughs) You with me? He's called us to stick out, and it's going to cost us something. There are going to be people that don't want it. I've already said it. The preaching of the cross to them that perishes is foolishness. They're not going to want it. But let me tell you what I do know. If you live it, there will come a time that God will honor you in your faith. He will honor you in your walk. He will bring people into your path that need to see your witness for them. I believe it. But it's about expending and extending. I want to mention as a transition, my left and your right over there, we got a cross. There's people that knew in our church that are going, what the world is that cross about? Why they got them orange ping pong balls in there? Do you all remember that? We had 160 people trained including staff, to go out by twos as Jesus sent them out. And we were going to put door hangers on door knives. Y'all remember that? And in 2020, we're going to do a minimum of 4,000 homes. And there's like 12 weeks. The first week we did 570. I mean, I'm getting really excited. I'm going, man, we're going to take that 4,000. We're going to knock that out in about eight weeks. Just by 570, we're going to go to seven or 8,000 homes. I said, it's going to be great. And what we did, we had a lady in our church went with my family, and it was just a blessing. I thought, man, this is great. We came back, I told Valerie and Glenn they were heading it up. I said, listen, we need to do more. We did 10 houses like that. Give us about 10 more. I just, my mind went, and the next week I heard about this name. Never heard it before. It was called COVID. I thought, what is that? Some secret operation that's going on? Huh? And now this thing that's become so customary that we all know about, we're all affected by it. We have to deal with all kind of stuff, craziness in the church. Because it, But let me tell you something, God's not forgot us. And our community needs us. And you pray that God will open the door and show us a clarity to, to what we need to do and how we need to do it. And maybe we need to rethink it. That's the one thing about church work. You know, it's great to be here and it's great. But let me tell you something, there's a lot of ways we can minister to people. And it doesn't have to be the way we've always done it. We can look for creative ways. But I want to tell you something today. God's still in that business that if we're in, He expects us to be engaged in people who are out. You with me? We cannot have the club before us for and no more. No. God's called us to be mindful. And as we wind out, listen to me. I want you to think about those people around you that don't don't know the Lord. I also want to tell you this invitation will be today. In just a minute, a couple of minutes, here's the thing. If you're unsure, if you're in, I just want to say this. I wish I had a one-on-one time with you because i do it tactfully and i do it compassionately. But I want to tell you today, today's the day of salvation. I can't think of anything sadder than somebody that would sit in church and miss heaven. <laughs> you with me? I mean, if I'm going to miss heaven, and I know I'm going to miss heaven, well, foot loose, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. Huh? The devil will know who I am. I'll look just like him. I'm not going to act like I'm righteous if I don't know the God of righteousness. Be in. If that, if that stirs you, I'd love to talk to you. Huh? This is where I want to wind down. (laughs) With all the craziness that's going on, there's an old hymn that I've been singing a lot lately. Going down the road by myself. I don't want to embarrass myself or anybody else. Heaven's sounding sweeter all the time. Seems like lately it's always on my mind. Someday I'm going to leave this world far behind because heaven's sounding sweeter all the time. I told you this earlier, but Glenn conducted a funeral this past week of, of a man who passed away, and his wife's in our church, and his son's in our church, and Daniel and I decided to go, and we show up at the funeral home, and, and we drove in and went. Uh, we, Glenn must have told us. It was, he didn't tell us it was a graveside service, and Daniel and I pretty much just had roast Glenn right there for about 30 seconds. Now, I know Glenn left something out. Glenn didn't leave anything out. We walked in the funeral home, and there were four family members five family members and us three that's the effect of COVID my point is we're in tough days and heaven is sounding sweeter all the time you know why because I'm in <laughs> I'm in I know I'm assured for heaven it's already there listen to me very carefully when I think along those lines two, two, two questions come to mind to me about heaven one is this what's the only thing here's your question what's the only thing that you can take to heaven with you? Listen to me you can't take the clothes off your back huh? I think sometimes when my girls and my wife they had to have it I want to tell them you can't take it to heaven I don't say that I think it I know better than to say it I'm dumb but not plumb dumb huh? I gotta have it We guys we run out to vans you know we think World War II's coming and they're gonna come take all my stuff and I'm gonna have guns and ammo. You can't take it with you. Listen to me. Gotta wind down, but you know what? The only thing, you know the only thing you can take to heaven with you is someone else. How far would you have to go before you'd be concerned about somebody's soul? Hmm. How far? you bring somebody in the world? Your father and mother and son of Thank you for listening to this broadcast from Lakeshore Church in Byram, Mississippi, with Pastor Jay Frazier. We invite you to visit LakeshorecmC.org to find out more online. That's lakeshorecmc.org. Thank you for joining us.